Welcome back to Conservative Conversations. I'm your host, Reed. And I'm Frank. Today we're going to be talking about Ron DeSantis suspending his election campaign, making this a two-man race between Trump and Nikki Haley. So let's discuss that and more. Before we get started, listeners, I want to remind you to please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And you can also subscribe to our audios on YouTube. We would greatly appreciate it. And to get started, we're going to be talking about the big news over the weekend. It's Monday as we record. It'll be Wednesday if you're listening to this on release day. But Ron DeSantis has suspended his campaign for president. And it certainly surprised me. I didn't hear until this morning as uh, the day of recording. And it was pretty big news last night. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, it changed a lot of conversations like that. You right, know? yeah. I mean, we were just having a conversation yesterday about him. And now mm-hmm. the point is moot. Yeah, pretty know? much. <laughs> I mean, one of the things I was originally going to talk about in relation to the caucuses in Iowa is how how it was covered after you know Trump had won, you know everybody was basically calling it game over. There's no path forward for anybody else. Trump's the presumptive nominee based on the data, and part of what my issue was at the time. And first, I'll say, like I've said before, I'm certainly willing to support Trump, but my first pick uh, was going to be Ron DeSantis. And I thought, you know, there's 49 other states that had yet to vote for, you know, their, uh, the nominee of the party. And only after one state that only less than 200,000 people voted in, they're calling it, you know, Trump the presumptive nominee and everybody else should just get behind him. And I thought, you know, that was kind of discouraging because it's two months until the Ohio primary. And if everybody's talking about how, you know, based on the data, the same data that we were relying on for 2022, the big red wave, and 2020, when we thought Trump would win then. And, you know, I felt like I was, I was slightly discouraged even going out to vote on the primary. Because I thought if everybody's saying that Trump's the presumptive nominee, then why would I bother go pitching my vote for Ron DeSantis? Um, but now I guess it doesn't matter because I was also going to say until he drops out, I'm still going to vote for him. But he dropped out, so I guess it's it uh, doesn't matter too much now. Well, and it's funny, you know, about the point being moot. One of the things we were talking about just yesterday was um, how I had seen a Mark Dice video where he was talking about this point where he says he was making a point where he says that DeSantis should stay in the race. He was saying that DeSantis was going to drop out at some point. Right. Okay. But he was saying that DeSantis should stay in the race past New Hampshire, past, you know, South Carolina Mm -hmm. and continue to draw votes away from Nikki Haley. Right. And in a way, what I was telling you is I thought that was a very interesting sort of strategy. Right, yeah. And I sort of liked it. And, you know, I had definitely warmed up to Ron DeSantis quite a bit, too. I mean, I always liked him. Yeah. But I didn't know, I you know, that he was 
my first pick for president. And so trying to wrap my head around that, you know, a couple of times I had really liked what he was bringing to the table. You right. know, he was a very solid candidate. Sure. <clears throat> but, um, you know, him dropping out now has made a lot of conversations moot. And yeah. this idea of him drawing votes away from Nikki Haley, you know, isn't going to happen right now. And there's been some interesting talk that I've seen out there mm-hmm. about some people discussing how sort of like independent voters might swing a lot of votes to Nikki Haley. Yeah, I've heard that too. And a lot of people who like Democrats who have switched their affiliation mm-hmm. so that they can vote in this primary. Right. And just they're like trying to, I guess the idea is like strip the nomination away from Trump, mm-hmm. you know, even if they don't want Nikki Haley to be president or anything right. like that. So I thought that was interesting. And I saw a piece, you know, that's going to be included in the show notes here um, about specifically about New Hampshire and how right. they have a very strong independent. Yeah, base for like 40 percent of the voters. Huh. So, I mean, I think it will be interesting to see how this goes in New Hampshire now. Right. And mind you, this comes on top of the fact that Nikki Haley was already basically out there saying before Ron DeSantis dropped out, she was saying that it was only her and Trump in the race. Yeah, right. She was saying it was a two-man race. Yeah. So I think it'll be really interesting now without having this third option of DeSantis on right. the on the you know ballot. Right. I think it'll be interesting to see what comes of this two-man race because I guess it is right. now. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if you have any... Did you have anything else to say? I mean, I was just going to say, you know, I think even if Nikki Haley makes it out of New Hampshire winning, it does not sound like she's going to win her home state because so many politicians from South Carolina have backed Trump. You got Tim Scott, Nancy Mace, the governor, current governor of South Carolina... Maybe a couple more that I'm not aware of, but that's at least three pretty big names in the Republican Party from South Carolina, where Nikki Haley was the governor, not not endorsing her. Well, absolutely. You know, and that's where I was going to go with it, is I was going to talk about how a lot of people, not only like the Viveks mm-hmm. and the uh, Ron DeSantis's, you know, they've come out and publicly pledged to Trump now right. or whatever and encourage that basically that their their supporters should put their uh you know faith in Trump so to speak. Right. But yeah, Tim Scott was a big one. You know, she mm-hmm. appointed him to the Senate when she was governor. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was a big one. And then I think it's interesting even people who haven't come out and said that they're going to Trump uh you know, support Trump. Right. There have been some people like Ron Paul, he's a big one, who have come out against her vehemently. Right. They're still maybe iffy about Trump for whatever reason. Sure, but they're not for her. Never Nikki is what Paul has, Rand Paul has come out with. He's got this whole, like, um, whatever you call it, like a networking campaign or Uh social media thing where he's doing this hashtag never Nikki thing. Mm. That was pretty funny. I saw it the other day. Right. 
but I just think it's interesting, you know, especially like I was just saying about the independents and the the Democrats trying to do this sway mm-hmm. towards Nikki, right. because just like um, Ron DeSantis said in his like sort of concession speech when he right. threw in the towel or whatever, however you want to put that. Sure. He basically said that we're facing a question right now of where the party is and where it's going, where it's headed, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, whether we're going to be electing people like Nikki Haley, these sort of old school Republicans, the right. what some people call the neocons, the ones who like to go to war. Right. and The corporatists. Yeah, the corporatists, exactly, mm-hmm. all that. Or whether it's going to be this more Trump-era, American-first-type Republicans. And it's mm-hmm. hard to say that without bringing up Trump's name. Right. You know? I mean, he was very... Uh, I mean, how do you put it? Like novel in a way. He right. really changed the Republican Party. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> well, I, I almost would bet that. Um, hold on one second. Gotta get some water. <clears throat> I almost felt like I was gonna get a tickle. Well, I would almost bet that. Uh, Trump just might get the nomination and win in November because, I mean, almost, you can probably say about every election that it's not a normal your your normal election year, but this year is particularly different because one of the main candidates is being sued out the wazoo by civil suits, state suits, federal suits. He's trying to be kicked off the ballot in some states, and. He's only he's served his one term, and it's pretty historical, if you will. And I think he just might join the history books with our good pal Grover Cleveland. I think so too. Yep, the only other president to have served uh, non-consecutive terms, and uh, you know, he'll his, be the forty-fifth and forty-seventh, right? Yep, president. And history does funny things sometimes, and I feel like we're going to get one of those times for the history books. I hope so, to be honest. Yep. Well, because I I also think, and this is just sort of my own uh, personal worldview of sorts, but it seems like we're sort of going through like uh, some kind of fit in our society. Uh, or like maybe uh, we're tossing a turn and trying to break a fever, and I don't know how soon it's going to break, but it'll break soon, and uh, I think some things will start to normalize, because we already see it in some ways, like the whole DEI stuff. More evidence is coming out about how those types of policies are negatively impacting, you know, the everyday person. Yeah. So I I think we're marching towards a, a turn in the country, hopefully, anyway. Well, I find a lot of hope in right. that, and I think it's interesting. I absolutely agree with you, Like because one of the complaints that Nikki has had, if mm-hmm. you listen to her about Trump, is not only is she trying to say you know that he's an old man and he's losing his mind and mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. But she's also said, and this is a complaint about him. Some people are like fearful of him, you Mm -hmm. know, 
because they say that he's going to he has a list of things he wants to relitigate and and you know lord over and and dominate and fix so to speak right. you know <clears throat> and he doesn't have a list of things he wants to do like positive things he wants to do he's he's looking backwards not forwards so mm-hmm. to speak but I just find that so hard to swallow, and I think the American public will too. Right. Because the four years that we lived under Trump, if you look back at the record, at the stocks, at whatever, mm-hmm. everything, the period that he was president mm-hmm. is some of the best on the books, right? top of the charts. And right. we felt it. Right? Not even just in the economy, but like even in foreign affairs. Where Absolutely. We had- where we had the peace agreement, the Abraham Accords, and those have basically been done away with. I don't know if, like, in the actual sense, they've undone the agreements, but they've certainly been disrupted with the lack of strength this administration is showing on the foreign, the global stage, not, you know, not projecting the strength and help keeping some order. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's the highest that consumer confidence had ever been mm-hmm. in the in uh, the economy right i mean it was just it was top of the charts in so many regards right. and it was only a short period of time ago right yeah. and that's what gives me the best hope is there's a real example there's real data mm-hmm. from you know within a 10-year period that you can yeah. point at and say look at those spikes right exactly i mean because you because those policies came after the whole entire eight years of Obama. So you can probably even compare his eight years to his four years. And I'm sure in some regards, they're better. And then, you know, when you look at how terrible these four years have been under Joe Biden, which have been awful, and I feel like some people have said they're even worse than the Obama years. Absolutely. So it would... At least in my mind, it's reasonable to think that it's not going to be too hard for Trump to, you know, sort of redo what he did and hopefully do it better. Yep. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely a little hopeful. Uh, I'm kind of I mean it's disappointing that in a way that Ron DeSantis dropped out. I don't get to vote for him, but uh, I'm certainly ready to go vote for Donald Trump to make sure Nikki doesn't get the nomination. Well, I don't think she will. Right. I, I don't just think, think so it's either. so interesting this like sinister plan to mm-hmm. deprive Trump of the nomination. I mean, right. it's like if the American people don't want to vote for him, they don't have to. They can write in right. Mickey Mouse. Right. <clears throat> so, yeah. for goodness sakes, I don't understand why these s- sick people mm-hmm. are just so desperate. Right. I don't either. I mean, they're the the, the Democrats often are shouting about how democracy's under attack. And, of course, we've talked about how we're not a real democracy, but even if we were, how is democracy under attack by President Trump when, one, he's not even in office, and when he was in office, people still got the vote. And now that it's a different president in office, candidates, a particular candidate, is having attempts made against them to be not on the ballot for people to vote in this democracy that they're so worried about. Yeah. They want their cake, and then they want to eat it too, or something like that. 
I mean, they're trying to have it two ways. I guess he's so scary. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to vote for him. We're protecting you from yourself. Right. You might vote for him, and you can't. Right. Because <laughs> democracy is so important. It's, yes. <clears throat> that you need to be able to not vote. That's right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. That's yeah. I think that's the Democrats. Right. The cracks are starting to form, and the policies they've been implementing over the years and the people don't like it and i think we're gonna go back to a time where people did like for a little while and it remains to be seen how successful trump will be of course but uh, i'm ready for it i can't wait yep 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 i guess that's all i got on the primary elections uh as you're listening to this it's it's a day after new hampshire votes so uh Presumably, by the time we talk about uh, the news again, we'll have have uh, the results on the on that primary. I'll start with the next story. As we're recording over the weekend, it was the March for Life, the fifty-first annual, happened in D.C., which I believe it's in D.C. every year. And I was just curious to kind of see. What the attendance was like this year, because it's been awfully cold and snowy. So I went to DuckDuckGo, which in some ways is not any better than Google, uh, based on the results I sometimes get. But I just typed in 2024 March for Life turnout to see if I can find out about how many people showed up. Well, the first article that popped up came from NPR, our great taxpayer-sponsored news radio yeah and i did not get the answer i was looking for but i did get a few interesting observations from this article and it was written by a jacqueline diaz and right away in the first sentence we get some interesting language now we're talking about the march for life which I'm sure most people listening to this program knows what that is. It's an annual uh, march for the pro-life movement. And the first sentence from this article says, uh, Thousands of anti-abortion activists met Friday on the Washington, D.C. Mall Oh, in, at the mall in Washington, D.C., for the 51st annual March for Life. Did you notice anything? Thousands? No. It's the March for Life, but the description they use for the people gathering are anti abortion activists rather than uh, pro life advocates. Interesting. Very interesting. Right? And. After I had read through this article the first time and sort of noticed that, I tried to do like a a, a, a find a word search on the page uh-huh. for pro-life. Yeah. Nope. Not once. Interesting. Not once did NPR, our government-funded news, use the phrase pro-life. Every description. The best one they had was March for Life attendees or something like that. But there was even a description of a picture that they had, a caption that said, 
uh, anti-abortion activist uses megaphone to say something or other. <laughs> and there's even one sentence, and um, and it's after they're they're sort of talking about this article is talking about um, some of the anti-abortion laws that have been passed in states. It says like states like Ohio have a put have put abortion rights on the ballot for voters to decide. In instances where this has happened, abortion advocates have lost. Yet last November, Ohio voters have approved an amendment to the Constitution to to guarantee the right to abortion and other reproductive rights. And then the next start of a paragraph says, This is why anti-abortion activists are still gearing up for a long, long struggle to stop abortion, said Marcher Lindsay. Somebody's name that's kind of hard to pronounce. From Maryland, who's attending his 50th march. Wow. Well, the quotes begin at long, long struggle, is what the quotations are from this marcher. So the article's even describing this person that they're quoting as the anti-abortion activist. Wow. Right? And, you know, you... Uh, the name of the movement is March for Life. You can at least have the decency to call them what I would assume most of those people would identify as first pro-life advocates. Right. Rather than just anti-abortion activists or whatever. Right. It shows their bias, yeah. obviously. I yes, mean, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't really have too much to say about it other than... You know, I went looking just for a little bit of info about how many people attended. I guess thousands attended. But I also got government-sponsored propaganda about anti-abortion activists. Well, it just goes to show the state of affairs. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a sign of the times. Right? Reporting in general is basically down the tubes. Nobody's right? neutral right? anymore. Yep, neutral. <clears throat> Yeah, because you can't even present the two sides for what they are. Right. You just have whatever pro or I mean abortion and anti-abortion. Yep, right. You just got to keep abortion, abortion as the primary focus. Right. You know, one we're always whenever these budget deals come around, we're talking about how we can cut funding, and this is one of the things that I feel like should be cut is NPR. Well, I'm, absolutely, in the ad council too. I've been saying right. that for years. I mean, in my mind, I don't think there's really any need for it because I can understand maybe a government-sponsored radio station if people had to pay to access radio stations. Right. You know, kind of like how there are special programs for people who in poverty have access to, you know, like utilities and stuff. Yeah. But... It doesn't cost any money other than purchasing a radio, which are pretty darn cheap these days. Sure. To get access to the news radio, however you want it. There's conservative news stations. There's liberal news stations. There's probably some in the middle. So you don't need the government to come in and pay for a radio station, particularly 
if it's not going to be up, you know, held to account to be neutral, which it should be if it's taxpayer funded. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll sort of leave it there. As, well, I just want to say I sure. totally agree with that. And right. I've said for years, like I brought up the ad council, I think it's ridiculous that they take your tax money, mm-hmm. then give it to the ad council for free, right. just to, for them to put out ads to tell you not to smoke and to put your seatbelt on. Right. When I already know smoking's bad for me, they print it on all the cigarette packages. Right. You know, I mean that's just an example. I don't even smoke anymore. But with the seatbelts, I know yeah. if I don't wear my seatbelt, I'll get a ticket. Right. Why do you have to? And it's posted all over the roads and everything. Mm-hmm. Why do you also have to come? On my radio and onto my TV and tell me click it or ticket right. or whatever, paid with my tax dollars. Right. I mean, it's just some of that stuff's ridiculous. I don't yeah. know that the seatbelt example is the best example, but I think it's a pretty good one. Everybody knows to wear their seatbelt for yeah. goodness sakes. Yeah, especially. So days. why would you still be taking my money just to tell me to wear my seatbelt? Right. I mean, just take my money when I'm not wearing the seatbelt. <laughs> I mean, that's how that should go. But yeah, this... I I certainly wouldn't mind something like NPR. Like, if they were neutral, as I was saying a moment ago. But they're not. And if they're not going to be, and if there's not going to be any kind of rule or regulation that says they have to be, then they should be done away with. I think the idea would be something like it would have to be neutral yeah it would have to be neutral but the idea of a national public radio of an npr Mm -hmm. would be so that journalists could be truly independent and if they wanted to do a story about monsanto but monsanto was bribing every newspaper across the nation not to run stories about their new xyz product then somebody could still get out a story about how the new XYZ product causes cancer or whatever. They'd have a a neutral place where they were somewhat protected to be able to publish such stories that other people might try, you know, vehemently by hook or by crook to keep the story quiet. Right. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me too. But But not just to be a, 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 you know, a, a mouth propaganda tool yeah, yeah for the government just to, for them to pump out right. churn 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 uh pro democratic you know right i mean because uh, i suppose now i don't i'm not one who usually listens to npr on the regular but i'm fairly sure i've definitely seen articles and heard clips back during trump's administration that are always Going after him. So it's not like even when the administration changes, the propaganda by NPR or these types of uh, government-sponsored news outlets, PBS being the other one, the messaging doesn't change based on the current administration. It's all still the same, one, one way. Yeah. So down with the NPR. Amen. <laughs> And I guess that's all I got. I wanted to find out how how well attended this year's March for Life was, but instead I found government propaganda or government-sponsored propaganda. I don't know how you want to look at it. <laughs> but that's all I got on that story. I'll have a link to the NPR article if anybody wants to look at it to see for themselves. I think it's hard to research anything anymore because that's all you get. It's a bunch of, I mean, they push so much on you. 
Right. You're trying to find something just innocently. Mm-hmm. And you, instead you just get this push and that push and this push and that push, you know? Right. They push and pull you around when you're just trying to cut, you know? Right. Like, let's say you're just trying to cut right through a path and they're trying to say, come over here, come over here, look at this, look at that. Whatever you're looking for, you don't want to find, you don't want to read that. Yeah, we know what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind attending the March for Life one of these days. It's always in January, so I think that makes it a little harder because it's cold. But uh, good on those people who show up despite it being 20 degrees outside and snowing. Absolutely. Babies are worth it. Yes, they are. Uh, but that's all I got. You, you ready for yours story? Yeah, I can right. go into mine. Um, it's an interesting story, just sort of sort of a follow-up on a lot of the things that we've talked about before. Sure. Um, but apparently, you know, we've had this ongoing trouble in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. You know, we've t- talked about that. Um, we've talked about there are issues with shipping um shipping routes and piracy and all kinds of things we've covered in that regard um well on top of you know i don't know if you've seen some of the stories coming out of israel with that whole thing but they've rejected another offer for a peace deal kind of thing Um, there's not going to be any two-state solution um there's not going to be any more hostages released that's all yeah I mean, and a lot of people have been talking about that. There was a piece on the Young Turks that, you know, we'll link if you want to watch something really funny. That that guy I call Chunky Yogurt, whatever his real name, Chank Uyghur, Uyghur, what, I don't know what yeah. it is. He just had a meltdown. He right. had some Palestinian Jew on his podcast or on his show that mm-hmm. they do. And uh, he just unloaded on this guy. They got into a hmm. screaming match. There's some conjecture that they did it. You know, it's sort of like a stunt thing. But right. I don't know if that's true or not. That he seemed to get pretty heated. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> on top of that, right? Um, you know, I was watching an interesting piece about how there's issues with the food supply and like particularly with rice right now. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with some trade issues that are still lingering from the pandemic. Mm. And some countries like India, India is like one of the biggest exporters of rice. America is an exporter of rice, Mm. but we don't export very much. We only export 5% of the world's global exports, rice exports. Mm But India does 40%. Wow. Yeah. And some of the trouble that was happening, you know, during the pandemic and with supply chain issues and that kinds of stuff, one of the things that countries did was they started putting tariffs and duties or they would outright ban exports on certain products Hmm. like rice, for instance. And, you know, it kind of makes sense in a way because Mm -hmm. they wanted to have staple products like rice, uh, they wanted to keep those a little closer to home yeah. and not allow them to be exported right. um, in case they were needed. Right, yeah. So it kind of makes sense, but it hurt a lot of, you know, it s- sort of causes this domino mm-hmm. effect chain where yeah. the people who rely on those exports suddenly don't have the rice 
that they're used to eating. Countries right? like Africa and, um, you know, countries like Africa. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of countries uh, in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> And a lot of them were majorly affected by this mm -hmm. and others as well. Sure. Asia, there's lots of people that take in rice. Right. You yeah. know? So I thought that was kind of interesting. And, and it's something we've talked about before is, you know, one of the issues that we ran into in the pandemic is people were having trouble getting things like their medications right. in yeah. this country. Mm -hmm. And I've said before, you know, that that is something that could really be exploited or could really hurt us oh, yeah. you know and trump brought that issue to light he talked about that a good bit um right there at the tail end of his presidency mm -hmm. and um i just think that's all interesting because you know one of the other things that we've talked about is like a world war three mm -hmm. or like a second revolution in america these kinds of talks of sure. big scale war or war that would really affect america and apparently there's a story, I saw this on Fox News that Matt Blarney or whatever his name is, I might have that wrong, but the link's going to be in there. It's that, that British sounding guy from Fox News, he's um, on Fox Business. Oh, Stuart Barney. Stuart Barney, yeah, okay. He had a piece out, it'll be linked, where supposedly there are documents that have been leaked out of Germany from like the world summit or world, some world leaders where they have paperwork that shows that Russia is on a timetable. They have these, mm -hmm. these timetable plans to start attacking NATO countries next year. Hmm. Yeah. I haven't heard that yet. That's interesting. Yeah, well, you'll have to watch that clip, like mm -hmm. like the listeners. You'll have to find that clip. You know, I've sent it to you, so right, you'll have yeah. to watch it. I mean, it's a relatively short video. I want to say it was three and a half minutes. Mm -hmm. um, but it has some really big and scary implications, you know. I mean, just like all of these things have had big and yeah, scary implications. Of course. But Trump was even asked about this. And this is one of the links, you know, I'll have to send you along as well. I'm not sure that I already did. But Trump was even just asked by somebody out in Iowa whether Trump foresees us as being close or headed towards World War III. Mm -hmm. And he answered. And he said that we were the closest we've ever been, in his opinion. Right. So just some interesting things. And it, like yeah. to hearken back to what we were saying you know, we were the closest to peace we were under Trump. Yeah. So I'm hoping that it will, that Americans will remember that. Right. And that we will have this snap back to sanity that you were kind of talking about. Yeah, right. We need a, this these fires to be put out. Exactly. Well, I saw a video from Cheryl Atkinson. She has a, I think it's a Sunday morning news show called Full Measure. And one of the recent segments that they did was talking about so the conflict in the Middle East. And now I hadn't prepared notes on this particular thing, but I happen to remember it since you're talking about that. But this guy that was being interviewed, he's some kind of foreign affairs or national security expert. And he says that this whole conflict in the Middle East right now was practically planned out by Iran because... First, we had the uh, attacks uh, from Hamas, which 
is a uh, Iranian sponsored group. Mm-hmm. And then Hezbollah and I think Lebanon to the north of Israel started launching some more missiles. And then we have the Houthis in Yemen with their shipping disruptions in the Red Sea. And then we also have attacks on some bases in Syria and Iraq, I believe. Yeah, I just saw that about yeah. Iraq. Mm-hmm. So this guy thinks it's pretty much all been planned out. You know, sort of, I think he says it as, you know, when I make my move, you get ready to make yours. That kind of thing. It's as opposed to like, you know, uh, point by point, you know, strategically laid out. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it makes sense to me that it's, it's, it's all sort of been planned and... Uh, because I think one of the things that we learned not too long after October 7th was that Hamas had been planning or at least getting ready to plan these attacks for like two years. Well, two years before then, back in 2021, wasn't that the year that we pulled out of Afghanistan? Or is that in 22? I don't recall that. I'm wanting to say it was 21. So, I mean, because we've talked about how that was one big moment where we showed our weakness. Absolutely. And people started making their aggressive moves, these other countries. So I think it makes sense that this has all, sort of all been planned out. And you know, everybody's sort of all bringing it to a head over these next couple of years. So you mentioning that document about Russia's plans, I think, makes sense to me. Well, it is scary. A lot of places have had plans. Well, and we've said this before, too. I mean, it's almost like we're on the brink of something. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how you were giving that analogy about us being in a fever dream that we need to snap out of and wake up from. Because I saw another thing. This will be another link I'll have to give you that I hadn't sent over already. But I just saw there's an article, a headline, where somebody coming over the border... Mm-hmm. said to a reporter, you don't know my name now, but you will soon. Mm-hmm. And the, it was like, I guess it spooked this lady enough or whatever. I'm not exactly sure what I saw. You know, it'll be included. You guys can check it out for yourselves. Mm-hmm. But it just is kind of spooky, the whole thing with the southern border. Yeah. I mean, we've projected before or, you know, whatever I mean instead of projected, but we've proposed before. Mm-hmm. That there could be negative intent. There's a lot of bad actors coming yeah. over. And, and I mean, I just pray to God that we don't see anything domestic start popping off. Right. You yeah. know, I think we've had that conversation oh, before. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It is precarious times across the world right now. Um, but hopefully, nope. Trump, if he gets back in office, will help. I mean, I'm certainly not saying he's like a god or anything that's going to restore the whole world order or right, you know, back to right. But especially in four years' time, right? Yeah, but he's shown before in his last term that he can certainly implement policies that help get us on the right path. Well, and hopefully, if if America does come to its senses and sees that once again. 
in only four years, he's able to right the ship mm -hmm. and that it actually is him and his policies driving right. yes. such things mm -hmm. and showing, proving that Obama had terrible policy, Biden had terrible policy, mm -hmm. the Democrats have terrible policy. Yep. Maybe America will stay on the right path. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't know who the next person would be to fill Trump's shoes, but hopefully it'll be another Republican, a good right. Republican. Yep. <clears throat> Just keep us on the right path. Exactly. No more Nikki Grams. <laughs> Nikki Grams. Yeah. That's my nickname for her. She's basically like the female Lindsey Graham in the Republican Party, in my opinion. Well, we definitely don't need war. No, not at all. Well, that's all I had for all of the stories here. And that all you've got? That's all I got. All right, then, listeners, if you thought this was a great conservative conversation, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. Please leave a rating and review. You can also subscribe on YouTube. We upload the audio there. And you can also please give us a like, comment, subscribe on there as well. And as always, we thank you for listening.